Support for Industry Focus comes from ActiveCampaign. If you have a growing business and want to acquire more customers, then you need ActiveCampaign. Their solution goes beyond marketing automation, getting the right type of message to the right person at the right time. For a free trial, go to activecampaign.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, April 6th, and we're talking Spotify. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, we've talked about Spotify before. We are both users of the music streaming service. Do you have a go-to playlist on your Spotify account? I actually don't listen to as much music as I used to. So I kind of, for me, I actually lean very heavily on their algorithmically generated um, playlists, which are one of the most popular features, you know, like the Discover Weekly, like the daily mixes. So I actually just lean heavily on those, just kind of listen to whatever it, it plays for me automatically. And it works out pretty well. <laughs> I've recently been super into their focus playlist. Uh, like I kind of struggle to listen to music while I'm doing stuff because the words from whatever I'm listening to end up bleeding into whatever is in front of me on my computer screen. And their, their music uh, that is focus oriented, very instrumental has been awesome. No, I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I use those a lot, and that's actually how it's like tailored a lot to that, because I, I do the same thing when I'm working. <laughs> so we have done a full rundown on Spotify somewhat recently uh, for listeners that may have not been following along. So we're going to skip over some of the core business details on this show and kind of get into the news of the issuance. If anyone wants those details, the full discussion is in the March 9th tech show. So we are not totally leaving you out to dry, but because we did it recently and the metrics haven't changed all that much, uh, we're going to kind of leave that there. But Evan, the reason we're talking about Spotify today is shares hit the market earlier this week. And frankly, Wall Street seemed pretty excited. Yeah, it was a pretty big day. I mean, the um, so the uh, shares opened at around 165 ish. Um, kind of went up a little bit from there. It's like I think close to 169, 170, but you know have been kind of falling. You know, ended the day much lower. Um, this kind of investors are still kind of trying to figure out what this thing is worth. <laughs> but you, they ended lower and yet still above this this reference price that we saw, uh, which is kind of a testament to the, the idea that this is something that I have to kind of put in quotes. This reference price is something that we're not super familiar with, and kind of a testament to the odd approach with the direct listing that we saw here, maybe something people aren't as familiar with. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about what price discovery is, what the reference price was, all of these terms that kind of came up in the coverage of this issuance that people may not normally be seeing. Sure. So the um, so in a, in a traditional IPO, the you know there's an offering price that comes out, and that's the official price at which the shares are sold through the offering to you know, to investors, but in this case, since there it wasn't a traditional IPO and it was a direct listing, uh, what they did is the New York Stock Exchange put out a quote-unquote reference price, like you mentioned, uh, and that was $132, which is basically the high at which it traded at in the first half of March. So it just kind of like, again, it was pretty self-explanatory. It's like, hey, for reference, this is what <laughs> these shares were. Uh, it's not an offering price, so. Uh, and, and you know the opening price was you know still primarily determined by you know supply and demand um, dynamics, and it's also worth noting that the float that were actually sold was actually quite small, uh, because there are, there were about 55 million shares that are registered in, in the offering, but those are just existing shareholders that have registered the shares, so they're able to sell the shares, but it's still entirely up to their discretion on what they do or don't want to sell, and in this case it seems like uh, I think I was looking at the number yesterday it was about five or six million shares. That were ended up being sold into the open market on the first day of trading, which is only about three percent of 
total shares outstanding. So the float was very small uh, on the on the first day. And that's something that you have to keep in mind with IPOs or direct listings in this case is when shares become available for the first time, uh, a very small portion of the overall shares are available. And so if there's any demand whatsoever, uh, that is going to cause some craziness in share price. Um, looking at the market's reaction, I think there's probably a sigh of relief here for Spotify because this was not exactly the warmest water to be jumping into for a tech issuance. You know, there there are so many kind of big macro things that are causing uncertainty in the stock market right now. And then you look specifically at the tech sector. You know, you've got like the Amazon being in Trump's crosshairs. You have all the data issues with Facebook. You have some self-driving car problems. The the world does not love the tech space right now. So I think anyone that owns Spotify shares or has been following the story is kind of relieved to see that there wasn't this massive sell-off. Right. I mean, it, it, and the shares have been coming down since then. But I would I would certainly expect this to continue being quite volatile, uh, just because there had there wasn't you know. The whole process was kind of unique, plus the whole short float thing, and all companies are very are very volatile when they go public. So, uh, I would expect it to continue being really volatile. So now that shares are out there, Evan, we have a sense of the valuation of this business, and this is one this is what something that we didn't have before because uh, there was nothing out there. There was nothing really to anchor to aside from you know going back to recent rounds and recent transactions on the private markets. Um, what are we looking at uh, in terms of valuation? So when they opened, their value, the total market cap was put right around thirty billion. Uh, by the close on the first day, it was, it was closer to twenty six billion because you know stock went down a little bit. So in terms of you know valuation, or actually, in real quick, just to mention that that compares to their most uh, recent private funding round valuation of eight point four billion, which was back in way back in twenty fifteen. Um, that was just a funding round. That doesn't include all the activity that took place since 2015 in terms of just private market activity, uh, but just another kind of data point to compare it against. In terms of valuation, that puts that at, at around five times sales uh, since over the past, on a trailing 12 month basis, they've done in they've done about 5.3 billion uh, in revenue. So um, I mean that's that's. Pretty pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cannot look at PE for this business because Spotify is not profitable. Um, that that sounds it's expensive. It's funny though because you look at some of the recent tech issuances. You know, you go back to Dropbox, which recently uh, hit the public market, Snap, and Twilio. You know, those were extremely rich by comparison. Dropbox went public around ten times trailing sales. Snap went public at twenty five times trailing sales, and Twilio went public at fifteen times trailing sales. So, so a lot of these businesses, um, by comparison, seem extremely rich. I think the important thing to look at here is those are not perfect comps, though, for Spotify. Just because they're in the same tech space and they're these hot IPOs does not mean that it's a good apples to apples comparison. Right, and I think that and that's going to be a real challenge going forward because so much of valuation in general is really predicated upon comparable valuation. You compare it to the peers and what the rest of the industry looks like, uh, and every industry is different, right? So that's, I mean, that's how all valuation works. And in Spotify's case, there is no comparable peer play. They are the largest music streaming company on earth. They're and and, and all the other companies that are kind of peer play streaming, like Pandora or whatever. They're tiny in comparison, and their business models are, are very, very different fundamentally. So there's not really a good way to to measure Spotify. There's no way to measure it against. I mean, Apple's the next closest competitor, and they have half the, the subscriber base and, uh, as far as premium subscribers. But obviously, Apple's a humongous company that does many other things. So you can't really compare the valuations there. 
so I think that there is a possibility that Spotify ends up being one of those companies where you can't really use traditional valuation metrics or you can't really rely on them very much because they don't have any way to uh, compare it against. And they're unrivaled in terms of scale and their position in the industry and they operate. They also have some opportunities to really reshape the global music industry. So you know, there's a lot of value in those things. And I, so I think it's going to be kind of tricky. Yeah, and and I was fighting for a company that that I think could possibly be in that space and and be something that you could stack them against. My best, the best thing I could come up with was Netflix, and that that's actually a company that has at times traded in that five times multiple. It's it's been up a little bit more recently, but uh, even there, there are major differences. You know, Netflix pulls in a lot more on the gross margin side than Spotify does. And Netflix has original content, which is just a totally different business than what Spotify's in. You know, Spotify does this undifferentiated kind of commodity business with music streaming. Uh, their biggest differentiator is these discovery playlists that we were talking about before and the music curation. So I don't even know if that's a good parallel. Right, exactly. I don't think Spotify is going to get into the original content game anytime soon. <laughs> make, make their own music. <laughs> it's going to be hard for them to. You know, we've talked in the past about how maybe the best option for them. Or something that would be certainly very interesting is getting more involved or kind of disintermediating the music industry. Um, there might be something there, but we kind of have to look at current valuation and and what they do. And and right now, that's where we're at. Is is like it, it's going to be bits and pieces from a whole bunch of different businesses. Uh, I think something that might be helpful is also kind of looking at how does their valuation stack up, looking at the number of MAUs they have. You know, it's this thing that we do with social media companies sometimes, and you think, okay, uh, they're in the neighborhood of about twenty five. Uh, billion, and they have about 160 million monthly actives. Uh, I think that puts them around $160 or so uh, a member. And the problem is not all those people are paying for the service, and (laughs) they're not going to derive the same value from all those people. So, even trying to do it that way, it's a difficult business to kind of wrap your head around from a valuation perspective. Right, exactly. So, I think, you know, I definitely see a lot of potential in the platform and the company, uh, but there's also a lot of challenges that I think um, that, that investor or prospective investors should look at, and particularly around like profitability and scalability, um, because you know m- most of the time investors like tech companies because, especially those that focus on software and services, because they can usually scale very well. Uh, but Spotify will not have the, that benefit because their largest cost is royalties to the record labels, and the royalties are paid out on a per stream basis, which means it's a variable cost. So as stream as hours streamed and engagement go up. So does the cost revenue associated with delivering you know, that content. So you're not going to really have very much operating leverage, if any. Uh, and, and like as you mentioned before, we had talked about this idea of like kind of connecting listeners to artists directly and kind of cutting out the the role of the middleman, even though they'll always be there to some extent. But this, you know, if you think about it, like because these costs are tied to the usage, is you know, there's a very good chance a lot of this engagement is very concentrated in these major artists, artists and record labels. Which means that those costs are still unlikely to come down, even if they make a lot of success and in, in progress with kind of growing the other side of the business that's connecting artists directly. So it, it's going to be pretty tough to to really, you know, expand profitability. Yeah, this this relationship with costs is actually something similar to what we've talked about in the past with Snap, where if you have a variable cost that rises with usage, uh, that means that leverage is just going to be tough to come by. Evan, looking at the business for them, though, do you see anything that gives you some signs that there's a chance they could improve profitability on the road? I mean, so the the biggest piece of it is really like these record labels uh, and the licenses, licensing deals with them. And they did renegotiate them in 2017, which has been a huge help for them in terms of improving their gross margin. <clears throat> um, but 
that's really the only way that they can get any type of you know, really meaningful relief on these royalties. And with them just re- renegotiating these a year ago, you know, it seems unlikely that they're going to um, renegotiate them anytime soon. So they're probably, gonna, it's probably, they're probably good for another couple of years, in which case, you know, is there a catalyst in the near term, some other catalyst that can really help the profitability? I don't know. I guess it would have to be something like a new business segment or a meaningful new operation that they get into that has some sort of dramatically different margin profile than what we're seeing on the streaming side. Um, Looking forward into Spotify, we have a little bit more. Uh, This conversation, we're actually going to have the benefit of some guidance that we got. We did not have it last time we talked about the company, and we're going to talk about that on the back half of the show. Before we get over there, though, support for Industry Focus comes from ActiveCampaign. If you have a growing business and you want to close more sales, then you need ActiveCampaign. Their solution goes beyond marketing automation, getting the right type of message to the right person at the right time. Stop sending blast emails. With all their smart tools, you can dynamically show different content in your messages, depending on your contact's info, interactions, social data, and interests. Identify, nurture, convert, and retain more customers with ActiveCampaign. For a free 14-day trial, go to activecampaign.com fool. For our Fool podcast listeners, they're offering the second month free with sign-up. That's activecampaign.com slash fool. So, Evan, to wrap up the show, we got some more data from Spotify about what 2018 might look like. What should investors expect? So, so Spotify did provide some guidance for how their first quarter closed out. Uh, they released some estimates right before the quarter closed, so kind of ballpark numbers. But uh, total monthly active users are about close to 170 million, uh, plus or minus a couple million. Uh, premium subscriptions are at about 75, again, plus or minus a couple. Uh, and revenue is about $1.4 billion. So that's, that gives investors kind of a baseline of what how the first quarter went. Spotify didn't uh, provide guidance for the second quarter quite yet, but what they did also provide is full-year guidance, so give a, a little bit more of a long-term forecast. And for full-year 2018, they're expecting you know, 198 to 208 million monthly active users, which represents growth of you know, 30 36% or so. And uh, 92 to 96 million premium subscribers. So a lot of you know really nice tra- tra- nice trajectory on the premium side of the business, which is obviously where all the money comes from. And revenue for the full year should be six to six and a half billion, and gross margin of 23 to 25 percent, uh, compared to 21 percent last year, which as we talked about earlier is you know, really just because they've been able to get some concessions from record labels on their costs. So we are seeing some some nice expansion on the gross margin. Um, little Every little bit's going to help there. Yeah, every little bit's going to help. The growth that we've seen over the past couple of years, I think will probably slow unless we see something dramatically change with their business. I think at points over the past couple of years, it's gone from somewhere in like the 11% range all the way up to uh, the low 20s now. And if they're targeting somewhere in the 23, 25 range, I do wonder how much more they're going to be able to stretch that. You know, the the big lever for them, again, kind of going back to the idea of them being similar to Netflix, is maybe they hit a point where they can start raising prices without really annoying customers. You know, they're getting enough value there. I certainly think that I'd be willing to pay more than $10 a month for music streaming. The tricky part is when you have an undifferentiated product like they do, and the switching costs aren't super high, uh, people could just decide to go to Apple Music instead. Right. And I think that, you know, if you look back, and, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, if you compare the kind of uh, market value to the, um, there's, there's a big premium that the market's assigning to each of these premium subscriptions. And if you look over the past year, um, you know, Spotify in the, disclosed their private market transactions in their filings. And 
I mean, the stock has been soaring in the private market throughout 2017, and there's a pretty strong correlation between the value of the stock in the private market and the premium subscribers. So with them forecasting a pretty nice uptick, you know, for the next year on premium subscribers, that would, you know, and if the market continues to put a big premium on these subscribers, then that that could be a case for why there might be some more upside, even though, as we've discussed, there are some other concerns that we have with the business. And what is maybe the most optimistic number for me with Spotify is that that 200 million uh, monthly active user count. You know, they are the largest player in the space, and you know, Apple's there, but it's really Spotify space. That is a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of the overall uh, number of consumers who want music. And so the the market here is massive. the The growth runway is really big. Uh, it's really just a matter of whether the economics for this business wind up turning into something that can be a profitable business. It, it, that that's the sticking point for me. Right, and you know, as of right now, Spotify and Apple Music combined have about 110 million paid subscribers. Uh, and interestingly, today actually, Amazon announced in the way that Amazon does, <laughs> very vague, <laughs> that Amazon Music Unlimited does actually have. Uh, tens of millions of subscribers. So who knows if that's 20 million or 90 million? <laughs> is your guess as good as mine there? But it is interesting. It's an interesting data point because they've they've never disclosed that before. And as a quick reminder, Amazon Music Unlimited is the is Amazon's separate streaming service that's very comparable. So it's you know it's about 10 bucks a month. It provides or they they have a couple different price points, but it's the same service where it provides on demand access to a large catalog of music, it's different from the Amazon music that is bundled into Prime itself, because uh, that one has only like two million songs or something. So that's kind of like something Amazon throws in to Prime, and then they separately offer this kind of music unlimited subscription. So the fact that they have tens of millions of subscribers also apparently uh, is kind of good news for the whole industry, because like you said, I mean, th- this is a big market and lots of people are going after it and it's a growing market. I mean, paid streaming is really where the the market is heading. Uh, so yeah, it turns out that market is a little bit bigger than we thought. I don't want to take away from the very coherent point that you just made, Evan, but Amazon saying that we have tens of millions can only remind me of Arrested <laughs> Development and the dozens of never nudes that, that that Tobias Funke claims to exist, and the dozens of listeners that we also claim uh, to exist. So that's where my head went when you made that point. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it, I mean, it's also worth noting that Spotify is really has a almost has a really dominant position in emerging markets because of its free tier. I mean, a lot of people in emerging markets can't afford ten bucks a month. Apple basically is not really willing to go there they don't have a, a free version they only have the paid version so they're you know in effect apple's not addressing very large swaths of the market uh, that spotify is willing to and particularly in these emerging markets so i think that they do have a lot of levers they can pull and some avenues to to kind of really pursue growth yeah and the the free side for them has not been a profitable one for a long time that recently changed i think maybe in Late quarters of 2017, or in 2017 as a whole, they'd been losing money on that segment of users for a long time. Recently, switched it over. So there's some optimism there. It's also a huge engine for paid growth. You know that is kind of the on ramp that they see for a lot of their users. So any user growth is good user growth for Spotify. They obviously want to see people paying, but they'll take what they can get. Right. So I mean, I think as as we go forward, you know. As the overall market for pay streaming continues to grow, because that's where it's heading, if Spotify can just kind of maintain and defend its position as the top dog, which they're doing a really good job of right now. I mean, they've really, really maintained this very consistent proportion versus Apple Music of 
almost at, at any given time keeping twice as many subscribers over the past two years. It's been a very steady correlation that you know, at any given time they have twice as many subscribers. So if they can just keep that up. Um, I think that they'll they'll probably keep go, keep executing pretty well. I think that's a good note to end on here. Anything else before I let you go, Evan? Listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you want more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows over at fool.com slash podcasts. And our podcasts are actually available on Spotify as well. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show. And Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for all his work behind the glass. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.